Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Tammy, and this is Blood, Sweat, and Beers. BSB is a weekly podcast where Tammy and I chat about culture, business, sports, and pretty much anything we have an opinion on. And we have an opinion on everything, from Basel to Biden, from relationships to rugby, from stocks to scandals. Crack open a cold one and join us at the bar for our unfiltered conversations. You were at the beach this weekend, right? Yes, I went to the beach this weekend. Um, so while you were at the beach, um, what, what did your sunscreen look like? Because I'm, I sort of had a snapshot of Zuckerberg on the beach this weekend. So how much sunscreen is too much sunscreen and how much did you use? Um, definitely less than Zuckerberg. I don't think I've ever seen somebody use that much sunscreen on one part of their body. Um, <laughs> Honestly, like that, I saw that image of him and there are just so many things to talk about. Like, obviously everyone is talking about like the amount of sunscreen on his face, but also the rest of my Twitter is talking about like how thick he looks in that, um, on that surfboard. You think this is something like he just does this every day or is this just a random outing? He just looks really uncomfortable. He does look really uncomfortable, but also I think the internet believes he's been becoming less and less human as every year passes by. So I think this is just his current form. It's just afraid of the sun, in a hoodie, on a surfboard, looking insane. Can tech bros wear anything else than hoodies? I mean, I feel like he like icon like he made that like an iconic look, you know, like the t-shirt and the hoodie, but I don't know. He's like what almost what is he, 40 now? And it's still like the only thing he wears. I still can't get out of the idea that he's 40-something now. I still remember it as being, like, that movie. What, what, what was it called? And he was in the, the social network. I still think of him as this young kid. Um, it's really strange. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, yeah. So, um, you're moving. Why are you moving? Where are you moving? So, I, uh, I'm about to embark on a nice cross-country drive out to San Diego to go back to uh, full-time training with the uh, – USA rugby team um, and to be quite honest for leaving this week I am still woefully unprepared to get going I mean so. what what even goes into that you're just taking your car you and your dad are driving to San Diego from Boston and this is for how long I mean how long is trading or how long are you there I, for? I am there for the indefinite future I think as of now so Every other time I've gone, like, I've, like, known at least, like, when I was going to come home or when I was going to have breaks and stuff. But, like, with everything happening with COVID and everything, it's basically, like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be in a little training bubble. So I have no idea when I'm going to be able to come home again. Any stops along the way that you absolutely want to see? I'm making my dad stop at the Grand Canyon with me uh, because I've never seen it and I've always wanted to see it. So we're going to do a day trip there to kind of break it up a little bit. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool. But. Otherwise, you know, like, I feel like there's not a ton of things that I really want to see, I guess, on the drive. Like, I don't know if there's a ton going on. and Yeah, um, you just don't know who's being safe, who's not, what yeah. the different state laws are, and lockdown. And I guess, you know, being an athlete, I was thinking about this earlier this week, is that um, just from a training perspective, you have to just be so careful of who's around you right now or who you come in contact with. I mean, is that something that's weighing heavily on your mind? I wouldn't say, I mean, like, yes, especially because like I'm going back into training now. Like, so now I'm like, okay, like now every decision I make in the next few weeks, 
has the potential to impact like my entire team when I get back. So like, I think that's like been weighing on me a little bit more heavily, but I yeah. feel like for most of this time, it's not really the athlete side that's been that worried. Cause like the athlete side of me is like, you know, like I am probably going to be fine. Like I might get kind of sick. I'm like more worried about like my family and stuff. So I feel like that's Touching. been the biggest concern. But like now that I'm like about to go back to training, like, and like once I get out there, it's going to be very much like, okay, like don't screw this up. Don't do anything stupid. Like your whole team's kind of depending on you to kind of be, be smart about this. Yeah, and I think it's that responsibility among each of you that's like, listen, you are held responsible for your teammates, for who you're around, what you're doing. Um, and I think it's that, just that commitment to that safety and purpose that you have that's really you know, impressive for such a huge team as well. Speaking of training, I saw you posted a video on Instagram about your training workout this week and totally plummeted into a was that a garbage can uh yeah it was a trash can yep mm -hmm. okay so run us through what exactly you were trying to do because you running into a garbage what garbage can i call it a dustbin so uh, yeah, you running into a dustbin trash can whatever it is like running head on into a trash can i need to know the logic behind this yeah, well, I can't say it was on purpose, but basically, like, they started to, like, we're, <laughs> we're, we had, like, some time off, and so it was kind of, like, do whatever workouts you want to do, but now we're kind of back into full training, so, um, like, we had a training assignment that was, like, it's just a drill called beat the can, and basically, you're just supposed to practice, like, evasion techniques on, like, a trash can, you know, you're just supposed to, like, you know, dodge it left and right, throw some spin moves, like, do all these different things, um, and yeah, so I was, uh, I, you know, setting up to go do this. Um, I took one step too many, it tripped and fell and went head first right <laughs> into the track. And just, I was lucky because, so they asked us to record it so we could send them at the end of the week just to like, for them to check in on us. So luckily I was recording it. So got this really nice blooper reel of me just taking out this trash can, um, and it's, inc it's incredible the footage is incredible you could not have planned that and it is amazing and does this happen I hate to ask but does this happen often yeah I'm like the clumsiest person I know and like <laughs> like especially for somebody who like I consider myself decently athletic you know it's kind of my whole job whole career <laughs> decently um, athletic Athletic. I'm not gonna go further than that I'm gonna say decently athletic but uh yeah I am like one of the clumsiest people um I know um but I think so but I think that that has to be my thing like I think that that's how I'm gonna build out like what my brand is I think it's gonna be this like goofy athlete I think that's like I think that's what gonna be my bread and butter going forward I mean, you know, if you can define it by that video and the thousands of views you have, I think you're onto, onto something here. Honestly, it's the best a story of mine has ever done. Like, I got like, like 75 people messaged me about it, just being like, oh my God, this is so funny. Oh my God, like, this is exactly what Monday feels like. Just like, I've just, it, I've never had that much interaction from a story before. And I was like, this is something that happens to me, like, way too often for me to not <laughs> so can we just get more videos of those like could we just really hone in on that content I think so like my friends and I make jokes all the time about like what our brand is going to be or like what's on brand for us you know and I think 
you know, like we make jokes, like, especially like when we're coming up with Instagram captions, like some of my friends will post different things and like I would post and they'll like give me caption suggestions. And I'm like, nah, like, you know, that's not on my brand. And like, normally it's just like kind of a joke. It's just kind of like a, you know, we're the, we're the age of social media. But, uh, I think, I think that I'm now onto something with this. I just feel like how many times are the dumb stuff I'm doing actually being recorded? That might be the only issue here. Well, you can see this video on Christy's Instagram. So you'll be able to have, if you haven't seen it already, um, check it out on Christy's Instagram and uh, you'll, you'll have a better understanding of what this looks like running into a dustbin on a Monday morning. Uh, a yeah. trash can. There we go. Um, yeah, so, um, so about branding, like I've seen some athletes where they'll only post emojis um, or they will only post um, like a one word sort of um, sort of comments or something for a title for, for mm-hmm. that. In terms of like branding, I know you're trying to think of like this clumsy sort of person. How do, do you think the fans help create your brand or is that something you can actively cultivate yourself? I think it's, I mean, I think it's definitely a little bit of, both like I think um obviously like I'm saying like this is what people respond to the most I feel like with like videos of me or like things that I'm doing is like I think people like this kind of stuff the most out of like what content I put out there so I think that's part of it but also like when you are trying to like figure out branding or like who you want to portray yourself as on like social media like I'm always someone who's like it's easier to just kind of like be who you are because if you're trying to do anything else, you're not going to be as consistent in it or, you know, it's just like not going to feel as real to you. So yeah, so like, that's like kind of what I judge myself by is like, and like, would I really say that? Like, do I actually stand by this? Like, I think that's such a great point. And I think you can definitely see it from people who aren't managing their own accounts and someone else is so it's not very genuine and I think that comes through whether you have a personal brand in business or sports or whatever you do I think your personal brand definitely comes out if that's not something that when you post something on Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram and people read it they should hear you saying it and I think a lot of people can say if they can say hey I can hear you saying this that's like really really on point um yeah, I think, like, I think everyone kind of has to figure that out for themselves. It might be a little yeah. bit of trial and error, but like, I mean, I've now decided that like, I, like my Instagram bio is now a goofy kid from Boston living the rugby dream. And like, that is now going to be like the thing that I'm like aiming at. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I think love it. I, I saw that. And figure that out. I think it speaks to who you are. Just like it's, it's so real, it's authentic, it's so fresh. It's it's really really cool. I love it. Um, I, mean, I also just like it. Part of it is like also I just don't want people to take me that seriously because like I do dumb things and like I make dumb mistakes. <laughs> like this kind of gives me a little bit of a you know like a little bit of wiggle room. You know, like I can post videos of me working out and post videos of me running, but like it's it's funnier and it, like it's a little bit more genuine to be like. But I also mess up and I also do really dumb things just like everyone else. And I think that kind of humanizes me. And I think it's just a little bit more true to like how I actually like yeah. feel. 
That is so awesome. I mean, I think what's so tough about athletes is they are so untouchable. And what I love about rugby is how reachable the athletes are and how real they are. And you make such a good point of just saying, listen, I'm a real human. Like I'm not this machine that's going through these workouts and just showing up and producing. And like, I'm like everyone else out there at mastering their craft or whatever it is that they're doing. Right. Like I was, um, so I, I ran a workout for uh, the Northeastern women's rugby team um, last weekend, like over zoom. And afterwards, like I like to do like an, like a Q, optional Q and a or whatever. Um, and I, I find like a lot of times, like some kids are like really afraid to ask questions just because like, you know, I mean, I don't know why anyone would be afraid to ask me questions, but just because like, you know, the title or it's like, Oh, you're a USA yeah. Eagle, like, et cetera. So I always try to like lighten the mood. Like I, I, I talk about how my teammates may f- make fun of me for dumb things or like stuff like that. Like I always try to like make fun of myself a little bit just so like they're a little bit more comfortable in like feeling yeah. like they can ask me questions and stuff like that. And I think that's really important. Like, especially like if you want to have like play any role in being a role yeah. model, or a role in somebody's life, like, I think you have to find a way to make people, like, feel comfortable. Um, And I do think that that's something that's also really true to rugby, as I think players are, like, so approachable. And if you go to, like, a a major league rugby game in the U.S., um, after the game, like, they allow fans onto the field, and you literally get to go talk to all these people who you just watched play like a professional rugby game. And I think that that's not something you really find. Like you don't, after an NFL game, like you're not like the only thing you're going to see is if somebody gets interviewed, like you're not going to get to actually interact with most of them. Like, or if you want to, you're going to wait around for four hours and maybe get an autograph. Like you're not going to get to have a genuine conversation with any of these other athletes. And I think that's a really cool part about rugby. It is such a cool part. And I think just how down to earth so many of the players are, and willing to go after, you know, I was in Vegas with um, the Free Jacks uh, at the start of the season. We're on the road for the first five weeks of the season. No one wants to play in Boston in the middle of winter. And uh, we played in Vegas and they were absolutely um, exhausted, right? So I think just the fact that they had seen some fans that had traveled out to Vegas um, and they just spent time saying hello to every single person, taking photos um, afterwards. And then the second match as well, um, they did not win that match, but so many people were out there watching that they stayed out there on the pitch to say hello to everyone. It was amazing. Um, but, But what's interesting about this is that while it's still pretty intimate right now, um, is this possible to scale the sport of rugby as it gets like bigger in the US when you have, you know, l- let's hope like 50,000 fans in the stadium? Can you keep this level of intimacy or connection between the players and fans? Like, how do you see that working? I mean, I think definitely part of the ability to have that intimacy with you right now is that is that rugby is like a growing game in the U.S. So you're, you're not getting like tons of fans, but I think it's just so embedded in the rugby culture to be like appreciative of people that are willing to like show up. And it's just like such really? a like, familial cu- culture that I feel like, you know, you might get into like concerns about like security and stuff like that. And like you might have to increase kind of protocols around that, but I don't think that players are going to stop wanting to have those moments with fans or like 
stop, you know, appreciating people showing up. Like, I think that that is like really going to remain a strong part of the rugby culture in the U S like no matter how big it gets, I think that's something that like players are going to prioritize. I think that's something that clubs are going to prioritize. And I think that's just something that's kind of ingrained in the sport. I mean, just talking about the culture of the sport and the athletes, um, it's just a story that I like to share, but um, back traveling out to Las Vegas for the first time um, with the Free Jacks and they were playing their first match and at the airport at, I mean, Sparrows fought early in the morning at, in Boston and get on, get into the airport and um, everyone's like carrying their bags and this is their first time they're traveling and it's new for everyone a lot of the guys have done this before um at the international level on the sevens teams and but i remember going to sit down in the in the lounge waiting to board the plane pre-covid times if you can even imagine that um and the number of guys that on the team had said, Hey, can I get you a cup of coffee? Can I get you, I'm going to get coffee. Would you like what? I mean, they did not need to pay attention to me at all or someone who's just behind the scenes. And I was just so blown away by this. I mean, they have an entire sort of lineup, um, ready for them. And it was just something that I had not seen before. I've been around athletes. I've been an athlete myself. And this was just something that stood out to me about the rugby community that was just unreal. It was really cool. Yeah, I think I think just like everyone in the rugby world is just like so appreciative of the role everyone is playing in like getting the game to like where it can go. You know, I think it's just like it's all part of growing the game and it's just like, you know, yeah. I also think like, you know, really especially in the U S like no rugby players taking themselves too seriously. Like they're committed to their sport. Like it might be their full-time job, but like at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, you know, like I love the game and that's why I play it. But I don't think they're taking themselves as seriously as some of the other athletes that you'll see in other sports. Yeah. It's so interesting. I think it's, it's awesome. Um, and sort of, I love watching sports movies just to sort of like, get an, an insight into this. Um, I watched one this weekend that um, I hadn't watched in years and years, and it's super old. It's a league of their own. I don't know if you watched it. Um, it's old baseball movie. Tom Hanks is a baby, and it's like there's no crying in baseball, um, which is so fun. And I love sports movies. Um, I think we definitely need a couple more for rugby. Um, Invictus. Yeah, well, the only one right now. Yeah, but Invictus? Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm a huge fan of it. I was at that game. I was at the 1995 final. What? I was a, I was a kid. Yeah, I was, I was yeah, super young. Yeah, I was 10 years old. Um, and so the 1995 World Cup is iconic. It's South Africa, the Springboks versus New Zealand. And um, it was such an iconic game, I think, in the history of rugby and South Africa because it really united the entire country the year after the first democratic elections in South Africa. And Francois Pinar, who was the, um, the, the captain at the time, really got a message or Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela visited him, right, um, and mm-hmm. asked him to lead the team for unifying the country. And you know, you don't know much of that backstory until you watch the movie. Um, right. But it, it's, it's so cool to see. And um, yeah, I was at that game. I remember the flyover, everything. It was pretty awesome. 
Well, I think, yeah, when they show the flyover in the movie, you're almost a little worried for a second. You're like, what is this <laughs> about to be? Like, the way they portray that was a little weird. Like, I remember I actually watched it for the first time this spring. It was, like, one of our – it was, like, assigned to us as, like, something to watch. And, like, we watched it on, like, a Zoom, like, as, like, a team, you know? Like, it was all – um but yeah so that was the first time I had seen it and I I didn't really know much of the backstory I mean we'd been in South Africa um recently so like it, it almost was even more exciting to get to see it like with that context yeah. but like I think in terms of like yeah I played a really big role um you know that game not just as a sports game but like as like a movement and like a, as part of the country and I think I mean Miracle is my favorite sports movie like I I watch it like all the time before I have like before tournaments like it like I have it downloaded on my phone like it makes me cry every time but I think like that was like really iconic in kind of the same way like it was it it um <laughs> it brought you know the country together um in a tough time as well and I think it just makes it like so much more meaningful when it has like that span of impact I think yeah what about Rudy are you are you a fan oh. of the Yeah. <laughs> big Rudy fan I mean like I, my family is a football family yeah. um so like you know Rudy is just like I I think I saw Rudy I don't know maybe when I was five years old like I've like I've seen it hundreds of times and it's just like <laughs> you know you got the iconic Notre Dame fighting Irish it's just like and you know hey. classic underdog story like everyone loves a good underdog and like there's no everyone like, everyone and like Rudy is like the ultimate underdog um and so i think it's just pretty much every sports movie like that makes me cry just because i'm a sucker oh. for it like it just it makes me so much more emotional than like a drama or like anything else just because like i have so many more feelings about what's going on i feel like oh same same i mean the waterworks turn on it is not stopping i cry in sports movies like there's no tomorrow like everything like remember the titans the blind yeah. side i mean all of those movies that's like really hits me hard <laughs> they just, yeah they just pull at the heartstrings you know and uh, like the thing is too like with most of these movies i know exactly what's going to happen i know exactly what's coming and still it gets me every single time i get wrapped up <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing speaking of a not so underdog but uh what about pat mahomes with his contract like insane right now Yeah, I don't think he would classify as an underdog. Um, but, I mean, okay, maybe because – so I read – so he was on the cover of um, GQ the other day. So I read, like, his whole his whole article. Um, and they were, like – he so he was playing baseball and football when he was in college. It was four years ago that he committed to football full-time. So I guess – Sounds like could, another story I've heard people. Yeah, you know, I might have related to it a little bit. I mean, he's got a <laughs> – I'm being honest but he's also making a lot more money doing what he's doing than what I'm doing um but no so like if you think about it he like committed full-time to football four years ago so I, I guess like that could make him a little bit of an underdog if you think about it well well let me pause for a second before you go on to this underdog story how many years ago did you commit to rugby um so I started playing I went to my first practice in February of 2018 so we're on two and a half years now of like playing okay so okay. he might have more years of playing football under his belt but uh yeah I only have I have two and a half years of since I touched a rugby ball for the first time so okay playing for the Eagles please continue with Pat Mahomes though 
yeah, well, I was just going to say, like, that that could be the only way that I could think of him as an underdog is just that he hasn't been playing the game for that long. But I also think that um, that is why he's such a different player because, you know, he didn't grow up going to these, um, you know, all these QB camps, and he didn't grow up, like, being, like, kind of stuck into one way of thinking. So I think you see it on the field all the time, like the crazy, like, um, sidearm throws he's throwing uh, – throwing or like behind the back like no look like all that kind of stuff like most quarterbacks aren't going to do that because that is not like classic quarterback training so I think like it's 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 one of his biggest assets is that he doesn't see the game the way everyone else does yeah and I think that that also means like he made a comment the other day that like for the first year being in the NFL he didn't know how to read the defense and it's like if he can do as well as he's done and be Super Bowl MVP and he can't read a defense like imagine how good he's going to get over his now 10-year contract of like actually being like a student of the game and being able to read along with all just the natural talent he has to play quarterback so the contract value versus rugby contract values I mean there's no comparison I mean even from NFL to MLS even what we're looking at is just unbelievable like how does that how do you even you are both professional athletes like how do you even weigh that I mean is it against rugby's ethos to 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 drive it just for the money or uh, I mean I know you hear it it's not just for the money but like how do you even weigh that how do you quantify that it's just like we're not even remotely in the same class of like professional athlete honestly like yeah, we both do it for a living and it's both like like we do we both do it full time, but like just like you know, he's in the highest earning sports league in the world. Like he that's just a different ball game than anything yeah. like rugby has or like could even think about having in like years. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think what's interesting in the same vein is that the English Premiership League has unbelievable paychecks. Um, But if you look at MLS, they're not even close to that. But even with their rise in the US, how huge it is now. I mean, Atlanta United has 70,000 for every single game. And those salaries are not even at the English Premiership salary level at all. And they trades and it's unbelievable. So I think even that is a level that's not even on the same plane field no I mean I think you also like you know you're looking at what is the most popular sport in all these countries like I'm sure rugby players in New Zealand like they make a livable wage like I'm sure their contracts aren't you know worth half a billion dollars like Patrick Mahomes is but I think that they probably like make a pretty decent amount of money and then I think same with like English premiership in like Europe like that that's a popular sport for them like that might be their highest grossing sport so it's like yeah you kind of have to like take that into account when you're considering how much money these guys are making like I think all the time I'm like you know like obviously like rugby has changed my life and like it's been amazing but I was like damn like if I had been a boy could I have made it to the NFL you know like it's just think about it like that you're like it's just crazy the amount of like Obviously, like, what, 1% of football players actually make it to the NFL, but, like, the amount of earnings they get just for making it in the door is, like, unfathomable for, like, me as a rugby player in the U.S. Yeah, just showing up, just getting to that that signing, like, getting through that first draft. I mean, you're right. It's it's crazy. Those paychecks 
and and contracts are unbelievable. Yeah, insane. Yeah, insane. It's, it's just crazy. like, I mean, I am so happy for him. You know, like he's younger than me, and uh, you know, he's now got this crazy, crazy earning potential. But also, like when you look at him in, over the last two years, like. He's plays the most important position, which is quarterback. They're always like the highest paid players. Um, and he's like, now he's like the face of the NFL in like so many ways. And so it's like, yeah, like he should be getting a paycheck for that. And like for the amount of like stuff that he's doing and the amount of promotion, like the NFL is getting off of him, like good for him. Like take all the money you can get, you know, the NFL is a short lived career. Like he's not going to be able to do it forever. So like, no. Even the fact that he has a 10-year contract is, like, longer than most people are in the NFL anyway. Yeah, that is crazy. If you think about that contract, that's, like, staying healthy. That's, that's like Tom Brady right there. I mean, the fact that he's been able to do it year in and year out and then still yeah. leave an, an incredible legacy with the Patriots and then start over at at Tampa. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay, going back to branding, that could very well be a branding play. TB? TB12? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady. I mean, that's a yeah. straight branding play. How else do you get so lucky? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Tom Brady. You know, I've grown up in like prime time of Patriots football. You know, they won their first like Super Bowl when I was, um, I think I was seven years old. So like just my entire consciousness of life, like the Patriots have been doing well with Brady. And so like this year is going to be like really crazy. But I also think like to be Tom Brady and to be in the league for as long as you have at the level you are, like you got to be a little like, you know, there's got to be like, you're a little crazy, you know? And I don't, (laughs) in I don't see that as much in like Pat Mahomes. Like he seems much more like a, relatable human whereas like tom brady like won't eat sugar or won't eat processed food like he's just very he's he is a machine let's put it that way i think tom brady i mean everything i've read about him is that he his workouts are scheduled his um you know bathroom breaks are scheduled his you know intimate moments with supermodel giselle are are scheduled you know i think it's like it's it's pretty much a machine but again look what he's been able to do yeah I mean he's been able to do a lot and he's had an incredible career and like he's been he's been in the league for over 20 years now like that is not something you ever see that is unheard of but also like yeah he's 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 a little crazy for sure like I think there's no doubt about that like he's pretty crazy and I think the cool thing about like Mahomes is like that he's young and he's new and like, he seems like so much more of a relatable person. And I think that that's going to be like that. I think that's going to really pay off for him because people like seem to like really genuinely like him, even if they now hate playing against Kansas city. Whereas I think people legitimately hate Tom Brady. You know, I think that's a little bit, yes. A little bit of a different ball game there. Yeah. As you're working on, or not like working on it, but just, showing more of who you are and that authenticity and what do you hope people will sort of take away from what you're doing is it sort of like just getting up having the grit to do it or like how does that come through translate to people watching you of what you're doing 
I don't know. I mean, like when I when I tell like my rugby story, like and like how I got to be where I am, and like I just kind of want people to think about like you know, just like the idea that like you know the path to you know achieving your dreams is never gonna be straightforward. Like you know, I went from being a soccer player my entire life to then working in an office, and then one day I picked up you know a, a rugby ball because my friend told me to, and then it changed my whole life. And so I just think you know, like part of, and then part of that also is just like, you know, you have to be ready for when opportunities do come and like do present themselves to you. And I think that that's something that I also try to like, kind of really hammer home is like, yeah, I mean, I'm living my dream now, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for a spot on the Olympic roster. Like I get to play a sport for a living, like everything I dreamed of when I was a kid. But I think you know, I also recognize that, you know, I, I got some lucky breaks and, you know, I, I really like committed to taking advantage of the opportunities that were in like, yeah. presented. and I think that's kind of like, you know, what, what I want people to take away from like what I've done so far and like what my story is, I think. So when, when you're training and I think that's awesome, like just being able to have that sort of vision of realizing, listen, you got some lucky breaks, but you've also worked really, really hard for this. Um, how, what, is is there a lot of uncertainty? So I know the Olympics have been moved. Is it indefinite? Has it been set? Is it sort of tentative in the air? How does that work right now? Uh, no, it's fully set for next summer. So it'll actually, it'll be the last few days of July in 2021. Okay, so that's just set. It's just moved a year. And then does it stay on schedule? So it's just the next three. So three years later, it's the next one? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. I mean, I don't I, like, wow. you know, I feel like they like to keep those things pretty regular. So I, I don't yeah. think see them pushing every Olympics back now. Another year. Awesome. I think it'll just be a three year gap between the next one. Okay, so wow, you, you are literally driving to San Diego to start practicing and training for the Olympics. Yes. I'd say continue training for the Olympics, not start, but yeah. Okay, there we go. (laughs) If Uh, you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's something I live by. Like, you know, we were supposed to take, like, you know, we had some time off this summer and, like, we weren't getting scheduled workouts and stuff. But I was like, I was like, if I stop running, things are going to get really bad. So, like, I was just forcing myself to do it because I just knew that it was going to make it hurt a little bit less when I get back to, like, training camp. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big stay ready type of person. That's incredible because I don't think I have ever spoken to anyone about to enter the Olympics and say, hey, listen, I'm training for a spot on an Olympic team. I mean, I've, I've you know, met incredible athletes before, but no one that was about to enter, change their lives and go into training for the Olympics. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the Olympics is like, you know, the pinnacle of sport, you know, it's just yeah. like, it's you know it's the best best you will always be an olympian yes yeah so always um, yeah that's you know that's the goal and it's something that when I was a little kid I was like you know like I was playing soccer I was like oh I'm gonna make the olympic soccer team and you know um that dream didn't pan out but you know now I'm finding a way to try to get there you know with a new sport and so I I I have goosebumps that's so cool like I get goosebumps from that that's awesome (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I also, uh, I promised myself when I was a little kid that uh, the first tattoo I get, um, if I ever get one, would be, like, the Olympic rings. Like, it's, my parents aren't super pro, like, t- 
tattoos. Um, a lot of my friends have them, but I was always like, okay, you know, my parents will get behind it if it's the Olympic ring. So no kidding. Um, yeah. So we got to hold on to that one for another year, but, um, then maybe I'll, I'll get, I'll get my first one, which would be pretty exciting. Yeah, talk about significance of a tattoo, right? I mean, not that I'm trying to make the Olympic team just so I could justify getting a tattoo, but you know, <laughs> it's just one of the added perks of if I, <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. I um, I had hopes and dreams of playing for a national team and going to the Olympics as a kid until I hit five foot two as a tennis player. And those <laughs> dreams were entirely shot. Just not happening. Never going to be. Um, so here we are. Um, but those were definitely, I feel you. That's, that's so cool. I mean, you've really still awesome. found a way to fill your life with athletics and to work in the field. And I think that that's, you know, also really probably fulfilling for you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely so much of a love for sports. Just if you're an athlete or you've been in the sports, you know, world, I think there's just always that inherent love for sports. And if there's a way to bring business into that or what you're doing, it's just so it it, it strikes you differently from a business standpoint. It it just feels different. And I've always said that if you're working with a different company or a client or something, you've got to feel that you would work 24 seven for that company or that client or whomever it is. And I definitely feel that way with sports, um, which is really of cool course. to feel that sports. Listen, sports. we're get, yeah, we're going to drop this hat that Christy has. We'll take a photo of it um, and drop it in you as well. So I think this would be a great line of merch for us. Um, I think we could do maybe go sports. I think it would be perfect. We'll get t-shirts as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, if you want to check out that video of uh, me running over a trash can or uh, see the sports hat in person, uh, they are both on my Instagram at KL Kirsch. So check them out, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely need some of those. Um, speaking of, um, will you have a roommate when you're out in San Diego? Yep. You will. Yeah, yeah. Do you snore? Um, it depends on the night. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you know? Uh, I would say, well, you know, I've slept in the same room with my friends before. And I think uh, most nine times out of 10, I don't snore. But I've also been roasted at the end of a rugby tournament because yeah. I kept one of my teammates up because I was snoring. So I think it depends on how I'm sleeping. So what gets you to snore? And what, what, what avoids it? Like asking for a friend, totally. Uh, if I sleep on my back, I think I'm more likely to snore as opposed to like sleeping on my side or whatever. Oh, so I've been told I am an horrific snore. Like, like I will, I'm like sawing wood bad. I totally deny this. Um, but I think I that's... would not be able to sleep anywhere near you. you I, can't, I can't listen really? to it. I, I, it'll keep me up. Can't do it. I, I am. I can sleep through anything. So I don't even wake myself up with my snoring. I can sleep through anyone else's snoring. But I have been told that it is absolutely horrific to sleep in the vicinity, in the same bed, in the same room, in the same, probably the same floor of the hotel at this point. I don't know. But this is what I've been told. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's like terribly embarrassing too. It's like, what do you say? Hey, I'd snore. Hey, just FYI. Just FYI, this is like if that's on your uh, your your checklist or you know <laughs> the no-go list, you should know about. <laughs> yeah, when we fill out, uh, we have to fill out like surveys before we go on tour, like roommate surveys, basically. And like one of the questions yeah. is, 
do you snore? And can you have a roommate that snores? And I'm always really? like, I do not snore because nine times out of ten I don't snore. And I could not have a roommate who snores because I would not sleep. So do they put the snores in the same room? I think it depends on if a snorer can sleep with another snorer, but I assume most snorers can sleep in the same room as another snorer because they don't wake themselves up when they snore. So uh. <laughs> this is amazing. I feel like that should be added to like Hinge and Tinder profiles. Probably, like, and it's like as a as like a you know it's a, the behind the scenes, not like on your profile, but you can choose like heights and or you can choose all these other things, um, educated, non-educated, snorer, non-snorer. I think that would cut out a lot of problems. I think it's, it would be good to know going in. I think, I think that would be a deal breaker for me pretty quick. So yeah, I think it'd be good to know <laughs> what you're getting into something. Right. Else. So when I come to the Olympics and tag along next year, I'm, you know, just, just priming the, the conversation there. I'll, I'll make sure that I'm nowhere near you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Probably smart. <laughs> Um, buying a beer. I think we, we made a couple notes. So we said that we would, uh, who would you want to buy a beer for this week? Uh, yeah. So, um, this week I'm feeling a lot of love for my sister. Um, so my older sister, um, she has three kids under the age of six. She has a six year old, a four year old, and, um, another one who just turned one last weekend. Um, she's got two dogs, she's got two cats. So she's like, you know, all over the place, like, you know, taking care of the family, doing all these things, but she's also PT. So she's also working. Um, but you know, no matter how like chaotic her life is, no matter like what's going on, she like always makes time to like treat me and like help take care of me when I'm home. You know, like last week I went over there, um, and she was doing a dry needling in my legs. So she's like putting the legs, uh, the needles in my, in my quad, trying to loosen it up. Um, I look outside and my niece is out there like trying to cut her own hair. And I'm just like, just the chaos is <laughs> completely insane. But you know, like no matter what, like she always, she always makes time to help me. And so if I'm buying a beer for anyone. It's definitely going to be my sister this week. I'm going to send her a case after all that. I know, That's right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw that she was doing the dry needling in your leg. I'm like, how awesome is that to have a sister, um, that can help you out like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. My sister's a PT. So like she, she'll give me treatment and stuff when I'm home. And so it's just, it's, it's a great thing. And I definitely take advantage of it, but um, she's always willing to help. So it's very nice. Have, have you been babysitting again? Um, so I babysit on Wednesday. So um, tomorrow oh, this is ongoing. Tomorrow. Yeah. So, the, so tomorrow's going to be the last one before I head out. So um, I'm sure it's going to be probably extra crazy just because of, it's always kind of crazy, but it's also the last one. So I feel like I'll have the stamina to kind of get through it. Maybe. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. And what about who are you sweating for this week? You know, who, like going the extra mile. I mean, not that you don't every single day, but. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I think, you know, especially during this remote period, I'd say kind of always just sweating for my teammates, you know, because I know we're all out there. We might not be together. We might not be training in the way we really want to be. But, like, you know, we're all out there. We're all doing the damn thing. And just, like, sometimes when I'm in, like, mid-workout by myself and I don't want to keep going, I'm like, you know, everyone else is doing it. Like, kind of yeah. like, you know, kind of kick your ass into high gear. So I think I'm pretty much always sweating, sweating for them. That's awesome. 
All right, guys, that wraps up our show for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to listen to me talk about my uh, new plan for rebranding as a clumsy, goofy athlete um, and our discussion of which sports movie is the best sports movie. Let us know yours. Hit me up on Instagram at KL Kirsch and let me know what your favorite sports movie is. Um, and uh, catch us next week for uh, a recap on how my cross-country drive went and uh, how I kept myself busy while we drove. Um, have a good one, guys.